0: Come on, that's c- cool for me, but can we give one up for Jesus tonight? Come on, let's give it up for Jesus tonight, it's why we're here. Come on, we didn't, we didn't show up to church at 9 o'clock at night to just hang out. We came for Jesus in this place. Amen. Come on, y'all may be seated tonight. I am... Uh, P. Gabe or Pastor Gabe, receive. What do you preach from? I back here you preach from back there? Okay. I'm, just, I'm gonna do. I'm just do right here. I don't know if this is this is coach. We're gonna do this. You can give me some atmospheric. I preach. I preach good without it, but but when there's just an atmosphere in the room. Like I don't know about you, I don't think I'm that good of a preacher. I probably should have told you that. Um, I love worship, and uh, it's hard for me to distinguish the difference between preaching and worshiping. For me, I think, I think uh, when I preach, I can't sing. I'm not like my man Christian over here. Uh, I'm not like John. I can't play any in instruments. Dude, you were crushing those, those drums. I'm not. I'm not good. Uh, I struggled with that for a long time, not being good at singing and, and other things, until I realized that I just love the Lord, I love the Bible, and I love preaching, I love leading people to Jesus, and if that's the only thing I'm good at, then then that, that I think is good enough for Jesus, amen? And um, I'm excited tonight, I've got, I've got a word that, that God's just spoken to me about for, the, for this house, and um, it's actually been something I've been preaching the last couple weeks, too, for, for every, for my house, and our Spanish campus, and you ever get a word in you? Yeah. It's, like, it's like lemonade, you know what I mean? Like anybody who knows how to make good lemonade, you squeeze the lemon to like all the, all the fruit is in it. You know what I mean? Like it's just like all of it. And this is what God has been doing with, with, with this word in my life and in our, in, in our church. And Man, I'm just ready. Man, listen, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of John chapter 9 and we're going to start there. John chapter 9, hallelujah. When you get there, we're just going to stand to our feet. I don't know if y'all do that in this house. I like doing that. I like standing and reading Bibles. It's like old school, but it's like we just come to God's presence, you know what I mean? Like if we could worship on our feet, we should get in the word on our feet. John chapter 9, if you're not there, you could just hop up on your neighbor's Bible. Don't hop up on your neighbor. That'll be weird. Hop up if they have a... You know what I mean. We there? John chapter 9, it says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. (laughs) Blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples, asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Verse 3. It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. I just got to. It was not because of his sins or the sins of his parents. This has happened so that the power of God. <laughs> my God, could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Yeah, come, on. come on, anybody thankful that Jesus, come on, yes. is the light of the world? Yes. And as long as Jesus is present, we have light. Yeah. It's so good. Verse 6, then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva. He spread the mud over the, bland, the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Father, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for new birth. I thank you for John. God, I thank you for this incredible thing, God, that you're building here in Kissimmee, Florida, Jesus. And God, I pray that you would just move so powerfully, God. This is not about me. This isn't about just a social gathering. God, this is about you speaking. This is about lives being changed and transformed. God, this is about the blind seeing tonight, God. God, do whatever it is you want to do. Have your way. Father, I pray that this word would transform every person in this room today. Father, we give you the glory. We give you the honor and all the praise. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on. You can sit down. Go high five. Two people really quick around you. Say, I'm so glad you made it to, to new birth. I got my man Christian here. We're going to kill it, man. Do you do you mind going with me? Bro, we're going to do this. I like, it, I like it. Y'all look beautiful tonight. My God, I'm preaching tonight on the man, the mud, and the miracle. And and sometimes I felt like am like what title like like that's a good title. But then like when I get deeper in the scripture, like I, I get better titles. Like God just downloads even better stuff. And so tonight, what I'm really preaching is I'm blind, but I'm still believing. Come on, I want you to tell the person next to you, I'm blind but I'm still believing believing. or you may be blind. I'm blind, but I'm still believing. Man, I love John chapter 9. I, I love this, and, and you know, I, again, I don't think I'm the best preacher, but I love just speaking the gospel. I think that this, I think these verses speak for themselves. I think they preach the best because Jesus is here, John chapter 9. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Like, we know God does impossible things. Like, he, he, he makes the possible out of the impossible And we know that, you know what, like if I broke my leg, maybe, you know, like maybe that's not like a really hard thing for God to heal. Like maybe God can heal a broken leg pretty easily, you know. Maybe if you had like an accident at work and you like couldn't see very clearly, maybe God can heal that. Maybe that'll be a little bit easier to heal. For some reason, we put like God's power on like some type of spectrum, you know. Like like, there are certain things that he can do that are a lot easier than other things. Can I tell you, look, this man was born How many people do you know that are born blind that are seeing every day in our world? Like, I I know LASIK, but being completely born blind. Come on, tell somebody next to you. I may be blind, but I'm still believing. My God. If you skip down to verse 25, this is one of the greatest, like, declarations. John chapter 9, verse 25, he says, the Pharisees are getting mad because Jesus is doing all these things. They're mad at Jesus, and they're mad at the blind guy, and they're like, is this guy the, really the blind guy? And they bring the parents in. It's like a whole, like, mess, right? And so, you know, they, they begin to call Jesus a sinner because he's doing these things on the Sabbath. And, and so they go to the blind guy who, who now is seeing but, but was blind, and they go to him, and they say, uh, this, you know, we should give the glory to God because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner, how crazy it is, is that? Like, we would be in a room with Jesus, and they would call Jesus a sinner. Like, you and I are in the presence of Jesus, and they would point the finger at him. I, I so believe that if Jesus was here today, the world would still, like, if it was us and Jesus, they would still point a finger at Jesus and still call him a sinner. Compared to, you know what I mean? Like, it's Jesus, and they're calling him a sinner. Like, the world don't know how to, like, their titles, their definitions, their, their things, their labels. Come on, do you, have you ever been labeled by the world before? We're talking about Jesus being labeled by the world as a sinner. You know what this blind guy says? He was blind, but he's actually kind of seeing. It. He says, I don't know about a sinner. He says, all I know is that I was blind but now I see it. The label didn't matter. He didn't even like care. He, the mud, he didn't even care about the mud. He didn't care about who did it or how. He just said, all I know, Jesus, you may call him a sinner. Jesus, you may think he's crazy. Jesus, you, you, you may think he, he sees nothing. But can I tell you, I was blind, but now I see it. I came to tell somebody tonight, it doesn't matter what you've been labeled. It doesn't matter what the world says. I was once blind. It's not about information. Because you can get lost. Politics, watching the news. You will go crazy on Instagram, Snapchat, kick if that's still a thing. On Twitter, you know what I mean? You will go nuts looking at all the information in the world. You know what I love about Jesus? Is that really the information wasn't relevant. It was the encounter. It was the encounter. I was blind, but now I see. He didn't have the theology degree to figure out how it all happened. His eschatology, I don't know what, how, what his stance was on Revelation. I don't know what denomination the blind guy what, what was. I don't know what side he was on. All I know is what the Bible tells me, and the Bible tells me that this man, he says I was once blind, but now I see. (sighs) Squeezing the lemon It's so good. (sighs) People will always look for an excuse or something or someone to blame their issues or situations on the pharisees couldn't figure out what was going on right they didn't know how jesus was doing it so what do they do they 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 instead of looking at the healing they begin to blame jesus and call him a sinner they begin to look at the fact that he was working on the sabbath they begin to look at the fact that he performed the miracle out of order they begin to look at the fact that all these small details they're looking for blame on why they can't in their small minds figure out why this man was healed And I feel like us as people, as a society, maybe as a generation, when something goes bad in our life, we're always looking at something or someone or some crazy situation to put the blame on. Or maybe we even come into church. Maybe we come into the presence of God and we're saying, God, we're going through this storm because of our sins. God, I'm, I'm I'm feeling down and out. I'm dealing with guilt. I'm dealing with this anxiety. I'm dealing with this depression. And again, because you don't know how to really connect the dot on why you're going through it, you connected to a sin or a mistake that you made. Can I tell you what Jesus said about this man? If we open our Bibles, let's go back to it, right? It says the disciples come to him and they say why was this man born blind why does this girl have anxiety why is this this person deal with 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 issues or, or depression why did this person lose a leg why did this person's family get divorced why did this happen was it because of their sins or their parents sins even looking at generations of generations, you know what? Maybe maybe you're a womanizer because your your father and your grandfather were womanizers. So the cycle just continues, right? So so, right, these, these, these Pharisees, these religious people are trying to connect this dot on why was this man born blind? Turn to somebody, and say, I might be blind, but I'm still believing. I love I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love Jesus because even though we look for something to to excuse our sin or our situation, Jesus says right here in verse 3, it was not because of his sins. It's not because of your sins that you're going through what you're going through. It's not because of the sins of your parents that, that you're walking through your situation blindly. This is not because of your sin or your parents' sin. This has happened so that the glory, so that the power, so that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, my God, so that a miracle, listen, this has happened so that the glory of God would be seen in this situation. I want to tell you tonight, listen, you don't have to look for an excuse for your situation. You may just be going through what you're going through so that God can get some glory in your season. I might be blind, but I haven't stopped believing. Don't stop believing. I can't sing. I can't sing and, I don't, yeah, anyway. Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? What do you do when you've been labeled because of your afflictions? Come on, my I to myself? Like, I was that dude at 16 that, like, did everything that I shouldn't have done, walked into church, and I grew up in a Spanish church. Right now, I'm in a very Americano church, a very gringo church, which I love. I love my church. I love Tidings. But I grew up in a Spanish church. And if you're Spanish, you know everybody's up in everybody's business, man. <laughs> So when I was 16, I would walk into church, and I was 16, and I was, you know, I used to go to La Fiebre, and, I, you know, I'd be drinking. Oh, we you see that, Pastor John? Everybody, come on. Nah. Used to party, used to hang out, you know, like so. And I was the guy that would come in, and I was being labeled because of all of my situations. I was labeled. They, they looked at my sin, and they labeled me as such. What do you do when you've been labeled according to your afflictions? We don't even know this man's name. We know him by his affliction. Most of the time, the world won't. You see, we're always trying to figure out like how to get our name out when the reality is the world is always going to just judge you based on your afflictions. That's the society we live in. They don't look at what's right with you and call you by what, what's wrong, what, what's going right in your life. They look at what's wrong with you and they label you based on your affliction and the problems that you have. You know what I love about Jesus is that he doesn't look at any of this stuff. My God. What I love about the gospel is the gospel does not look at the affliction. The gospel doesn't say it's because of your sin. No, the gospel looks at you and says this is an opportunity for the power of God to be seen in your life. So, so what if you made a mistake? And I'm not saying that you can sin and do whatever you want. That's not the purpose of grace. The purpose of grace is this. It's you were once blind, but now there's an opportunity for you to see. <laughs> what do you do when you're known by your addiction? Right? What do you do when you're Known by all the mistakes you made in the past. Or maybe for a few hours ago for some of us. Come on, Come on I know that. Listen, I've been there, done that. Second oh, Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 through 10. What do you do when you're only known because of your brokenness? Right here, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness, right? What do you do when you've been labeled because of your weaknesses? What do you do when everybody points the finger at your problems? I love what Paul said to the church in Corinth. He said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in what? in weakness works best in what in affliction works best in what in all your deeds and all the faults that you have is when the power of God works best when we think we've got it all together when we think we're all holy rolling you know what I mean like we got everything going on that's usually when we're about to hit hit rock bottom it's in our weakness it's when we're at the lowest of the lowest that God will show up like he's never showed up before so what do you do when you've been living based on the lay of your afflictions come on new birth did you come to church today come on are you here today is God speaking to you tonight this isn't my message I'm not good enough to come up with stuff like this Jesus wrote the story the man was born blind so that I could preach this sermon tonight this man was born blind so that the world I'm going to get there in a minute what do you do when you've been labeled by your afflictions, I power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. So now I'm gonna bo- go back to that. So now I'm gonna boast about my weaknesses. I'm not gonna hide my afflictions. I'm not gonna hide my sin. I'm not gonna hide my situation. I'm not gonna run from it. I'm not gonna hide it all. I'm gonna boast in it because when I boast in my weakness, it's what? It's that the power of Christ. Christ can work through me. Oh man, if there's a generation that can understand this. What, what would happen, John, if we didn't have to play church? Like, even, even as a pastor, like, sometimes, like, we feel like, and I'm speaking for me, sometimes, like, I feel like we can't be as transparent as, as what's really going on in all our life. Can I preach to somebody tonight? Because if I really tell you what I was thinking, you would be like, there's no way this guy's going to preach tonight. Because sometimes, right, the enemy attacks us, too, because we're all what? People. But what would happen? If pastors and leaders can be completely transparent with what they were going through. What would happen if everybody in this room didn't have to hide anything anymore? But we can come together as a family, not as just a social hangout. You know what I mean? But we can come together as the body of Christ and say, this is what I'm going through. Because it's in my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Tell somebody I might be blind, but I still believe. Maybe you've been blinded because of your afflictions. Maybe you've been blinded because of your sin. Oh, my God. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness, verse 10. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults. And in the hardships, I'm not preaching, I'm just reading the gospel. You'd be surprised what happens when you get in the word, my God. Look, in the insults, in the hardships, anybody going through some hardships and new birth, come on. Persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So the world said I was blind, but I never stopped believing. I never stop believing. Come on. John 8, John 9, verses 8 through 9. His neighbors and others knew him as a blind beggar. They knew him as a blind beggar. The Lord spoke to me about this. He said, Gabe, there's too many people in your generation that have become beggars. So you've been blinded because of your situation and now you've turned into a beggar because you don't know your next step because you don't know the plan that you know like we know the bible says and and, and God works all things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to his purpose right the bible says right that that I, listen I, I got the whole world in my hands I'm working all things together for you for I know the plans I have for you says the lord Jeremiah 29:11 plans to prosper you and not to harm you we read it But I don't think we really comprehend it. Because when we don't know the next step in the plan, we become beggars. So the Lord began to speak to me on this. And he said, Gabe, there's too many beggars. Too many in our generation have turned into beggars. So they go through life blindly. Because we're begging for identity. We're begging for love. Begging for that new job begging to get into college begging for everything to work out because you can't take the stress no more you're just begging you're begging you're begging can i tell you as a generation god never intended us to be beggars because he called us children come on we're sons and daughters of the most high god i don't know about you but my son never has to come to me begging me for anything if he wants it i'll give it to him he doesn't even have to ask me i know what my son needs and so we've turned into a generation of beggars. And because we're always begging, we're living life blindly. Come on, can I just tell somebody tonight, I stop begging? Come on, come, on. come on, you don't have to beg no more. Come on, all you have to do is say, God, I just want what you want in my life. Listen, listen, I'm just going to trust you, God. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but God, I trust you tonight. God, I don't know if I'm going to make it the next 12 hours, but for the next 12 hours, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm not, listen, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm not going to beg because I'm a child. I've got an inheritance. What's yours is mine. Come on. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? We don't have to be a generation that begs. Come on, so what? You didn't get the job you wanted. Can I tell you, God's got something better for you. I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I believe that God wants all his children to prosper. I'm not going to tell you God's going to give everybody a million dollars to get a shot out of you. But can I tell you that God has got the best for you? The very best. So you don't have to beg for your identity. You don't have to beg for acceptance or or love wants well, a big one begging for love if you have to beg for love that's not real love if you have to beg for it listen it, it, it ain't worth it one of the fruits of love is if it, it it's not self-seeking is this hitting somebody tonight How much time do I have, is it Oh, I got you, I see it. We just got one of those too, they, we had to get one for, because, you better stop, boy. He's like, Pastor, yeah, we got a timer on you. When I don't got nothing else nice to say, I just speak in tongues, that's what I do. Verses 2 to 3, when we read in John chapter 9, Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? He says, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. Jesus answered, this happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. You know what that tells me? That there are many moments in our life where it's nobody's fault. There are a lot of moments in your life where you're looking to kind of like point a blame or connect it to a sin or connect it to something like a trick. Like like we think a trickle down effect, right? Like we hit the domino and it's like, man, boom, it's over. It's like. No. I believe there are more moments in our life where it's nobody's fault. It's simply an opportunity for us to trust God and for God to get glory in these moments. It's nobody's fault. You're not where you're at because your parents got divorced. You're, you're not going through what you're going through because you didn't get the job, but you didn't get the raise. You didn't not make it because you got the flat tire. You are where you're at because God has got his hand over you. And if I could just encourage somebody tonight and tell you it's not because of your sins. It's not because of the sins of your parents. It's not because of the sins of your grandparents. It's not because of the sins you committed six months ago. What you're going through is what you're going through through. It's an opportunity for you to come to Jesus and say, God, I'm weak. And in my weakness, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to be alive in me. Jesus, I need you to be so real in my life because I am so weak. You're right where God wants you. You're right where God wants you. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. This messes me up. Can I just take a minute and just tell you how messed up? I'm, I'm still messed up about these verses. He was born blind. Ciego. I know a little Spanish. He was blind from birth, which means he cannot what? And the Bible says, Jesus says, that he was blind so that the world could see. I, I don't understand. It's like an oxymoron. I don't even know if I'm using that in the proper context. I just I couldn't even think. <laughs> it's like it doesn't mean like it's the opposite. Like this, that I would be blind. That God would allow me to be blind, bro. What's your name? Kevin. That God would make me be blind from birth so that you would see God in me. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel like somebody's getting set free all across this. I feel like people are getting set free tonight. You've been questioning God. God, why am I going through what I'm going through? God, why have I been blind in this season? Why have I been going through this situation? Why, God? You have been blinded so that the world can see God in you. That doesn't make sense in my mind. He was born blind. So that the world, so that the world could see. Kevin, that's wild. My God. I feel like people just need to be set free tonight. Like God's come to set the captives free. He's come to deliver you from every addiction. Maybe your addiction has been blinded you. Can I tell you that, listen, maybe you've been blinded by addiction so that God can come up and break every addiction in your life. Listen, you don't need 12 steps. You need one. His name is Jesus, right? So that when you encounter Jesus, the world would be like, oh my God, you were sniffing coke two days ago and all of a sudden you're preaching the gospel. Oh my God, you were like smoking pot. You were doing whatever. You you had an addiction to, to porn or listen, and all of a sudden now you're going to church. Now you're reading your Bible. Now you're telling people about Jesus and you know what? All you got to say I don't know about all the church stuff. I don't know this P. Gabe guy. I don't know who the heck this guy is. He's a, he's a dude from Koi. They got goat where that guy's from. They got buffalo and stuff. For real, we got bison. We don't know who that guy is. I don't even know everything there is to know about Jesus. All I know Is that I was once blind and now I see come on I was once blind but now I can see my addictions blinded me but now I see women blinded me but now I see social media blinded you but now you see money blinded you but now you see come on the cars they blinded you but now you see Come on, maybe religion blinded you because that's a possibility. But now you see. Because it was the religious people that looked at Jesus and called him a sinner. We're going to start something up in here, bro. I got three minutes. I got three pages. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. So could it be that you've been blinded simply so that the world could see the hand of God in your life? Is it possible? Is it possible that everything you've been trying to put a blame to, God has simply allowed these things to take place in your life so that the world could see the move of heaven, the activity of heaven in your life. And so when you make it out, they're gonna look at you and be like, there is no way you made it out. What happened? And you get to say, I met this man named Jesus. I went to New Birth Young Adults on a Tuesday night. Maybe you were strung out. Maybe you were hungover. Maybe you got bamboozled and coming. Maybe somebody lied to you said, I'm taking you to a club or something. And you showed up in this place, and you end up in the presence of God, and you end up meeting Jesus. And now... You know I want to I want to I want to submit this idea to you. Maybe God had to blind you. Maybe like in the season you're in like maybe you saw but then God blinded you. Maybe you were a church leader, maybe you were preaching, maybe you were doing arts, maybe you were like some hot stuff in the church community, but all of a sudden God blinded you. Maybe you had your whole plan, your whole life ahead of you, and you knew everything that you were going to do, but then God blinded you. I want to submit this idea to you. Maybe God had to blind you. Because if you saw the storm he was going to take you through, if you would have seen the size of the waves, you wouldn't have wanted to leave the shore. If you knew every situation that God was going to take you through and maybe God had to blind you for your benefit so you wouldn't see all the hell he was going to take you through. Come on. Maybe God had to blind you. Pastor, that's not biblical. No. so, So what happened to Saul when he was on the Damascus Road? Maybe God had to blind you because it's his way of getting you through the storm it's his way of getting you through the persecution maybe God had to blind you that's the only way you made it and instead of complaining about the season you've been walking through blind come on turn to somebody next to you say I might be blind but I still believe come on anybody still believing in Jesus come on Was blind, but now I see. And then you got this joker named Saul, who's killing Christians. And Jesus, he has an encounter with who? He has an encounter with who? And what happens? He gets blinded. Scales come on his eyes on the Damascus Road. My God. Oh, I'm almost done, guys. Man, it's ten o'clock, bro. I'll be sleeping now at ten o'clock, man. I got a one-year-old, he, he's, he's amazing, but I, I, got, I go to, I sleep when he sleeps, man. This is amazing, what God is doing in this place. Amen. I got like two more ideas and then we'll, we'll close up, we're cool. Can I keep preaching? Anybody give me two or three more minutes? Come on, let me see your hand. That's three minutes right there. It's three, six, nine, twelve. 12. we'd be here all night. Clay, you're going to have to preach tomorrow, dog. He would. This idea, this man then spits on the ground. Jesus spits on the ground, verses 6 through 7. He made mud with saliva and spread the mud over the blind eyes. Verse 7, he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came back. Seeing. First of all, I'm just—I'm gonna go through this quickly for the sake of time. First of all, it was against the law—not just to perform a miracle—it was against the law to work with mud on the Sabbath. You know that? It was like a big religious no-no: no working with mud on the Sabbath. And what does Jesus do? Not only is he performing a miracle, which you're not supposed to do on the Sabbath, but now Jesus is working with mud. You know what I love about Jesus? Is that even on church days, even when you're at church, he don't care about getting his hands a little dirty. You know what I'm talking about? Even in the context of when everybody should be coming up all pretty and nice and we should have everything together, Jesus says, I do not care. He's willing to work in your life in whatever circumstance. It doesn't matter how dirty. Listen, he goes, spits in the mud. He spits in dirt. Imagine that. You know, most of the time, the miracle that we're praying and believing God for is not going to come the way we thought it was going to come. This guy wants to see, doesn't he? Do you ever think that he would think that somebody was going to come spit on the ground and put dirt and mud on his face? Usually that's what God does. He'll throw some mud your way. Because he's not afraid to get dirty. There's a couple ideas here. It's one that God is, Jesus is not afraid to get his hands dirty. The second idea is everyone thinks the miracle's in the mud when really the, the man had the mud on his face, but he was still blind. It wasn't until he went to the pool of Siloam that he came out seeing. And the Bible says that Siloam means sent. So that tells me that it wasn't until the man went to the place where Jesus sent him that he was healed. And there are a lot of people who want a miracle from God, and we want God to move in our life. So he sprinkled some mud, and we're like, oh, there it is. There's the miracle. When in reality, it's not in the mud. The miracle was when he went to the place where Jesus had sent him. So when you go to next steps, and when you're connecting in your groups and you're building community, it's not just about the miracle that took place on a Tuesday night, but it's about the things that God is propelling you to. It wasn't until the man went to pool of Siloam, which means sent, that he was healed. I got another thought. Genesis 2.13. So the pool of Siloam There's a little like, anyway, you could... Google this later. The pool of Siloam, the water that that was in that pool came from a a river called the Gihon. And the the Gihon in, in Genesis chapter 2, 13 was actually one of the rivers, one of the four rivers that went to the Garden of Eden. Beginning of creation, God has this garden on earth. It's perfect. It's beautiful. He's got Adam and Eve. And there's these rivers that are running through it. And fast forward thousands of years later. And here's a man being healed in the same pool which water came from the Garden of Eden. You know what gahon means? It means bursting forward. Pastor, what what do you mean? I mean that God is not only going to give you sight, but he's going to send you And he's going to take you to a place where you've never even imagined in your life. He's going to take you. He's going to send you to the place, not just to Pool of Salem, but God is going to not only heal your body, he's not only going to break the anxiety off of your life, he's not only going to deal with the, the, the depression, he's not only going to deal with the frustration. He, Listen, I've seen I've seen people get healed, their sight and services. I've seen a girl who couldn't walk for six months because of Lyme disease. I literally said the same verse over her life. I said, this has not happened because of your sin or your parents, and this has happened so that the glory of God will be seen in your life. Get up. And she got up. So God is not only going to do amazing things in your life, but he literally wants to take he wants to send you into your destiny. He wants to he wants you to burst forward in your destiny.